You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale. And if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Welcome to episode 49 of the She's Unshakable podcast, where we get to hear from Diana Lisko and all of the challenges that she has faced with uncovering her true confidence, finding her true self, and really digging into the self-love that so many of us lack. We talk about the tips and tricks that you can use to discover your own self-confidence and your own self-love, how she did it, and also the challenges that she faced moving to a whole different country at a young age. You'll have to excuse the slight problems with the speakers on this one, um, but just make sure you make it to the end to hear all of their goodness. Welcome, Diana, to the She's Unshakable podcast. I am super excited to have you on as our guest today and talking about all the things of self-confidence and love. But before we get started and before we get to know you better, I would love for you to tell us your morning routine. Thank you so much. Um, First of all, thank you for having me. I'm really excited as well. Um, And sure, I feel like my morning routine, if you can revolve around something that's breakfast I am such a breakfast <laughs> that's definitely my favorite thing in the morning um, and I also like to have time to myself like I feel like in the morning is when I set my intentions for the day I usually do like a little to-do list um, so I definitely don't like being rushed but other than that like obviously it can differ every day uh, but breakfast and coffee um, are definitely a must-have I always love it when routines like revolve around food. <laughs> I literally just did two week detox and I've never really noticed how much I love just being around food or that being part of my life. It's so interesting how our minds get so like attached to something like that. It's so funny. True. Cool. So tell us a little bit of a backstory on yourself um, and what's been going on for you. Yeah, sure. Um, so I was born in Romania and I lived there until I was 19 when I moved to the UK uh, to go to university and I stayed there throughout um, university and masters and I started working there and I still work there uh, except I'm now back in Romania because of lockdown and everything that's been going on this year. Um, So because I'm working from home uh, it's just been easier to do it from here and basically that's I think the easiest way to to say it. Uh, But other than that, um, I feel like I just grew a lot throughout these years. It's crazy to think that I can say that in like just a few words, being like, I was in Romania and then I was in UK and (laughs) then that's it. I'm an adult and now I'm working. Um, But I feel like I've had such breakthrough, like breakthroughs about who I am and what I want to do over the past few years, um, which didn't occur to me like when I was younger um so I would feel like now those are like my main things like being very intentional with what I want and kind of you know holding on to what it is that I've realized about myself awesome what made you first go to the UK um I think for me I was quite indecisive 
and um, what I want to do. And um, it was, you know, it's always that pressure when you're finally a, what do you mean you don't know what to do? I have to figure it out. And um, I just didn't know. It was actually quite crazy. And it's something that I talk about a lot now when, like, when I'm trying to kind of like instill confidence in the future generations and so on. Um, that I find it crazy that no one really asked me like in school and so on, like, what do you want to do? It was always like, what university do you want to go to? Mm-hmm. Or it was never like, what do you see yourself doing? Yeah. And actually the only person that asked me that was my mom, uh, who was like, okay, forget about everything else. What is it that you see yourself doing? And funny enough, I said, oh, I just want to like be wearing nice clothes and <laughs> give presentations in front of people. Um, and that was our starting point. I knew that I had to be dressed nicely and give presentations. <laughs> um, and then I also kind of felt like I wanted to explore like a different mentality. And I ended up, uh, I, I, to be honest, I felt more comfortable with the UK because I knew English. Um, so I felt like that was, you know, a plus mm. going into a country where I can actually understand what, what people are saying. Um, and also what really attracted me to my university was that I could do marketing, advertising and PR, which is something that I couldn't do in Romania. That would have been like three different universities. And I haven't seen it anywhere else. I think at that point, it was like the only program in the UK with like the three of them and it was perfect for like the indecisive me because I was like oh great I don't have to take a decision now I can study all three of them and then see in three years when I graduate um and you know it was quite quite uh, close to the dressing up nicely and giving presentations so yeah (laughs) I love it it's so funny isn't it how I remember at secondary school there was a test that we had to do and it was I guess essentially a more of a personality test of what you should be doing with your life and I think I got maybe like fireman or something. I don't know. I think it was, I felt like it was something active. But I feel like everything was just like doctors, nurses, dentists, or like office person. It was very um, bland, essentially, in a sense of the word, when we have so many opportunities in the world these days that they probably didn't even know about when we were still at school. So it's quite funny when you think exactly. about it like that. Exactly that. And also, I think it is crazy that it's not like much more of an accent on what is it that you like to be doing? Mm-hmm. What do you see yourself doing? You know, like leading up to the moment where you need to take the decision. It's more like once you like are approaching, like finishing school, it's like, OK, what do you want to do? And you're like you find yourself with this like major life decision in front of you. And you're like, I honestly don't know. I'm a kid. I don't want to be an adult right now. Um, so yeah, I felt definitely it could be like a lot more nurturing. Um, like for example, I had no idea you could be an entrepreneur. Like that was not a thing because as mm-hmm. you said, like it was not on the list of things that people do. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So what, what happened uh, once you finished university? Um, so once I finished university in Worcester in the UK, um, I kind of felt, well, actually, it was during my uh, university years that I started a fashion blog uh, because of my passion of dressing up nicely, obviously. <laughs> and um, I kind of felt like as I was uh, like leading up to my final year that I would like to like enter in the, in the industry and kind of like combine my two passions, like do some marketing, but also, you know, have something to do with fashion. Um, so then I... Um, did a master's in strategic fashion marketing in at London College of Fashion. So I moved to London, to the big city, uh, to study what I liked, uh, but in fashion. 
Cool. And how was that? Did that make you figure out what you wanted to do with your life? Yeah, that, it was definitely like a very interesting experience. I think like the best thing about it was the people that I've met. Um, I think there's like this general um, idea about masters that it's not like your university, like you're not necessarily going to have like such close friends, you know, you, you don't get to spend that much time together. Like you're only, you know, in school, like what, two days a week or something like that. And then the rest is like independent learning. But actually like we had such a a tight group and that was really really nice most of them were girls which was so like you know women empowerment um and everyone was very different and from different cultures and it was just so nice to like be able to speak to so many people from like different perspectives which is what i loved about my university as well uh, but now it was just like much more applied to fashion it was just like you know like a funnel like now we all had like a common interest which was fashion um so yeah, it was definitely very, very interesting, and I learned a lot about the industry. Um, and I think my major challenge with that was the academic dissertation, which I didn't have to do for my first degree. Um, so that was definitely something that challenged me immensely. But other than that, um, I absolutely loved it. Mm, cool. And so give me some idea of like the, I guess, the challenges that you've been through maybe during those times you know I mean at university and studying can be pretty fun a lot of the time depends how serious you take it (laughs) but um like what what's been some some like the biggest breakthroughs that you've had um sure I think like my biggest breakthrough to this day um things might change um (laughs) is the fact that I like once I left home um you know you kind of find yourself on your own um at uni it's a new culture, but at the same time, like, you know, you have to be independent. Um, and I consider myself quite an independent person even before, but obviously it's completely different when you're truly on your own. Um, and that for me meant um, something that I didn't expect. It was a lot of like, you know, you and your thoughts and um, started to realize a lot of things about myself. And then at the same time, like, it was strange because I was realizing a lot of things about myself, but also kind of realizing my power in a way um like I feel like no one that knew me before would ever believe that because I was always I always seemed quite confident um but I quite very much faked it when I was younger um so when I got to uni I felt like okay I have all this time with myself like I'm just gonna face everything everything that I like all my beliefs about myself all my insecurities everything that it is that you know is kind of like stopping me and making me be in a way like fearful or like influenced by others' opinions. Um, and it was it was very interesting. That's, I think, something that I kind of took with me throughout my university years. And I think that is, to this day, apart from like, you know, as you said, like the uni experience, which is amazing. You have like all those memories. I think this is something that was the major thing for me, was that I got to like keep discovering myself and kind of discover who I was as an adult I guess because you know at that point um by the time you finish uni people think you're a full-grown adult so you should know who you are and what you want um so yeah I think that was the the major thing and uh, also like like I said I think it's the memories in uni and all the friends and the fact that I was in a different culture I think in a way helped because it was so many new perspectives there are so many international people from different countries with you know, different environments that they come from, different 
perspectives on life. Um, and I think that was what helped to hear so many people telling their stories or telling things about how they grew up or things like that that are different than yours. So then it kind of opens up your mind and your eyes to like different possibilities. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty, I think that's one of the biggest learning experiences that you can probably get from university, especially if you're almost put into a place where everyone's quite different, you know, and you get to learn that about the world that we are all different and that although, you know, during school we might be almost told that if we're not um, like part of, of that club or that group that we don't fit in or we look different or we enjoy different things, when you get to university, you sort of realise, oh my goodness, there's this whole world out there of people who are actually like me or we are all different and that's totally cool too. Um, I love that about uni for sure. I'd love to dig in a little bit to your past. You mentioned that when you were younger that you acted confident but actually you weren't I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about why maybe you acted confident how you did it and yeah what was your reason for it um sure I mean I feel like it's a lot to do with the culture and the society that I grew up in um I mean luckily my mum has always been extremely supportive I feel like she was my confidence coach um, before mm-hmm. I became one, um, and still is. Uh, but basically, the culture was, you know, similar to what you were saying. That I guess happens everywhere in school. Um, it's like you have to be a certain way, you have to look a certain way, which for me was major. Like I think a lot of the like girls, not I think a lot of the girls in school were like quite petite, quite skinny. I was already tall, which was nothing I could do about. <laughs> and uh, definitely, like, I wasn't skinny, I was quite curvy. So growing up, it just like, you know, you just look around and you're so different. And it just seems like you're not necessarily like the type of person you should be. So you kind of spend those, I mean, I kind of spend those teenage years trying to like adjust myself. I didn't necessarily ask myself, okay, but like, what do you think of yourself? Or like, you know, what would you like to do? Or how would you like to look? It was always like try and adjust yourself to like the society's expectations of you or whatever I thought the society's expectations of me were. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I wasn't, I definitely was very insecure. I wasn't confident. But at the same time, like I had like my strong mom who was like this like strong and independent woman and she was always like no like you should be confident and you should believe in yourself and you're amazing and all that so that like it gave me that feeling and I feel like maybe because I really wanted I kept telling her like I'm not like you but I really hope I will be I think because of that I kind of like learned to fake it as in to keep all those insecurities to myself but still you know because I wanted to be strong still appear strong Mm -hmm. Which is why it was actually funny because after my year um, at uni, when I came back and I had a conversation with a friend from uh, my childhood, and I was telling her, like, I feel very confident now, and I finally feel confident, like I never did, and all that. And she was like, What are you talking about? You're always <laughs> confident. And that's when I realized, I was like, oh my God, this is like, you know, the type of breakthrough where I feel like I'm completely different. And everyone's like, she's just the same because no one knew that I was dealing with all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Happens a lot, I think, 
Um, and it's awesome that you found it for sure. Like it's super cool. I'd love to know from, from your experiences, like what was it that made you step into yourself? What was it that essentially gave you the permission to feel that you could actually finally be the person that you want to be and get rid of the armor? Um, I think it was like a combination of things. I think in a way, even the fact that, I mean, I never thought of it that way, but in hindsight, I'm thinking maybe that was a factor, the fact that, you know, I was in a different country. I was in a place where no one knew me mm-hmm. and, you know, it kind of have that feeling of like, oh, I'm going to start anew. Um, but also I think because I was, you know, on my own and it was like, okay, now let me try and be an adult and kind of like structure my life. It was like intentionally, but without realizing it was structured a lot more around myself. Like I wanted to like, go to the gym. I wanted to eat a cer- certain things or I wanted to like spend time evolving and spend time like growing. And I think that was a major factor. But then I also think whenever I look back, this is why like I'm, I'm, I'm now having a like, bit of a hard time to answer the question because I didn't have like, you know, a big moment where I was like, and then from then on, I was confident. But I had like all these little moments. Like, for example, our first exam in, um, our first oral exam in uni, it was like a mock-up. Um, actually, it's like a mock of the presentation that we were going to do. And I went there and I typed it basically. Like I was sitting there knowing exactly what I'm talking about, knowing exactly what I have to say. And I just started like blabbering and being like, um, uh, <laughs> not sure. And like something that you could tell. And then the feedback was, oh, it's just like lovely. I think you looked apart, you dressed up for the presentation, but you know, maybe like be more confident, blah, blah. All I got from that was, okay, I look nicely, but basically no one got anything from what I said because I didn't say it so confident. So I remember that day I was really mad. And then I went back home and I was like, that's it. From now on, I'm not going to let any like type of fear make me basically lose an exam or lose an opportunity. So from like when we got to the exam, because that was the mock, I got an A. I was on it. I was like, yes, you have fear, but you know what? You have to overcome it. You have to say we have to say because this is like your one-time chance, basically. And that's how I always saw things going forward. I always thought, you know what, it's better to say it or it's better to apply for that or to ask for the opportunity part of that team or things like that rather than regretting not doing it. So I feel like I kind of like, you know, evolved on based on that mentality, kind of like an elevated version of better than a (laughs) work. An elevated version of what? Of better and oops than a what if, you know, that's better than a what if. Yeah. Sorry, you just cut out there for a second. Um, Cool. I mean, this might be really helpful for some people going through exams or, well, I mean, there's exams throughout life as well, not just at uni. But what is it that made you say, you know what, I'm scared and I'm nervous and I'm anxious about this, but I'm going to nail it anyway? what happened in you that made you go and do that because there's so many people who like to think that that's what they're going to do and then that fear creeps in and the anxiety creeps in and they go straight back to where they were so have you got any tips that you can share within regards to that yeah definitely I feel like the main thing that I always think about is 
I ask myself, how will you feel after? Like, if you tanked the presentation or if you didn't apply for that, how would that make you feel? And I'm always thinking, like, whenever it's something that I, you know, I want to do, but I'm just scared of, I'm always saying, you know what, I'm going to be disappointed that I didn't go for it, or I'm going to be sad that I kind of, like, took away my opportunity before I even got it, like, got a chance. Um, And that's kind of what keeps me, like, going. I feel like throughout life, you're always going to fear things, and you're always going to be scared of what's coming, and... Obviously, there's going to be points when you're going to be so indecisive with what's the best decision for you. But I always think, you know, don't kind of stop yourself before starting. Like, you're not even, like, Mm -hmm. letting life, you're not even allowing life to give you an opportunity to see if you can make it or not. If you don't try at all, you're just stopping yourself in the tracks. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that you can't really then take back. It's not something that you can redo. As if you go for a job, you might not get it, but you might get some feedback that will help you. Or you might get someone saying, oh, you can't have that position, but you, we might have something else for you. Mm. But if you don't, you'll never know. Such an important lesson to learn. And I love that so much because something that I I often say to people is, if you don't try something new or you don't go out there and do something, you're just going to stay exactly where you are right now in that comfort zone. And no growth happens in your comfort zone. So you're either going to go out there, make some mistakes, fail but fail forward, and something will come to you or you will stay in the exact same place where you are now and you'll be there for the rest of your life. And I find that incredibly scary to think that in ne- even next year, even in six months' time, that my life will look the exact same that it does now. Because I'm like, I must. I would have changed then, I would have grown then, I would have learnt new things by then, I would have tried new things by then, I would have failed a lot more by then. And therefore I'll be a better version of myself. And exactly. it's really interesting how, how many of us, I don't know if you've read the book, uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, but it's really about going, you know what, that is scary and oh my goodness, I don't know what I'm going to do or I don't know how it's going to pan out or this is going to be a failure, but getting out there and doing it anywhere, anyway and then seeing what happens because what's the worst that can, that can happen is that you feel like an idiot and that's pretty much it. It's just the ego going, <laughs> I don't want to feel like an idiot. That's exactly it. And this is something that I actually like, do with my um, coaching clients sometimes when we go through like their fears and so on and you know there's it's always like a lot of the times you hear oh don't think of like the worst that can happen but that I feel like a lot of the times that instead creeps on our creeps up on our mind and it's like oh but you know Mm -hmm. something bad can happen or what if I fail or what if and I always kind of encourage people to think about it what is it like okay let's get the elephant out of the room like what is the worst mm-hmm. thing that can happen a lot of the time it's not something that would massively like alter you or change or it's like okay I'll do some money or I'll you know did I won't get a job or won't get to move there but it's maybe just coming back to like our egos like we don't want to feel hurt or disappointed mm-hmm. um but also we cannot you know learn any lessons if we never feel hurt or disappointed if we're never low we're never going to appreciate when we're high you know yeah 
100%. So tell me, when give me an example of a time that you failed um, first off and you kept going at it until you got the result that you wanted. Um, I think one of like the most, I think that happens a lot, a lot of the times, <laughs> examples that all of us have. Uh, but I think one of the most recent ones would be um, at the beginning of the year when um, I've left the job and I was um, going for for a new position. And I had an interview for a manager position. And this was the first time I would I would get a manager position. And I had two interviews. I was quite positive. And then I got the feedback that um, everyone loved me. Everything went great. But they decided to go with someone for more experience. And with more experience. And I was like, I was so disappointed. And I was like, what's even the point of trying? Uh, you mm-hmm. know, had my like five minutes cry yeah. and went, oh, there's, there's no point. I should maybe just, maybe I should just stay on my own position. And then I got another interview that was also for a manager position. And I just thought to myself, you know what, like, what is there to lose? You're going to go there and tell them, you know, why you should get this position. You're going to try. There's nothing to lose. You shouldn't like, definitely shouldn't cancel it. You should go for it. And I got the job and Ooh. I feel like, I wouldn't have felt so um, like with with that little pressure on that second interview if I didn't have the first. Like on the first one, I put so much pressure on myself, and I was just like trying to you know explain why I would be a good manager even if I haven't been a manager yet. Like it's a step up in my career and why I deserve that. And in the second one, I feel like I went so much more confident on I know I can do it, and this is why. But if you don't see it, then that's okay. And I feel like that confidence kind of came across a lot more than it did in the first one. Um, and it worked out. Yeah, love it. I love it. It's awesome. Um, and so what are, you, what are your views on having having a mentor in your life? Like, is there anyone apart from your mum who's been there to help you basically, you know, I guess help you with your confidence and help you getting the places that you want to be at? Yeah, I think having a mentor is is very important. And I think I think of her, as I said, you know, as a mentor. And she's always, like, on my speed dial the first call when um, I need some advice. Um, but at the same time, I feel like I've surrounded myself with friends that can inspire me. And I always, you know, suggest that. Like, I always think when you choose friends, choose someone that would inspire you, that would uplift you um and you know that would criticize you in a constructive way uh, but whenever like you know I just discuss about what they're lo- doing in life or I just look at where they're at in life I f- feel so inspired and I think that really helps a lot and really like brushes off on me because then I feel like oh my god that's she's amazing mm-hmm. I can do that and things like that yeah I haven't yet had a mentor in my career uh, but I feel like I've had a couple of managers that I absolutely looked up to and I learned a lot from, so I feel like they were my mentors. Mm. Up with. Um, but I definitely, definitely uh, recommend having a mentor in, in, in your career or even like a life coach um, to help you kind of progress. I think there's only so much we can do on our own or like we would just need like, you know, that outside opinion of have you thought of this? Yeah. Um, it, a lot of the times it's just that one question that makes you see things from a different perspective. 
Yeah, and I often think that that is exactly what coaching is, is actually just giving you the awareness of the understanding of what's going on. Um, Because I think a lot of people don't see it within themselves and they often don't even see it within other people. But yet coaches have the ability to ask the right questions in order to help you uncover what it is that's going on that you might have absolutely no idea about. I literally had a a coaching session last week where so many things that I thought I was aware of before sort of like delved deeper into it and uncovered some things that I didn't really realise what had been playing on my mind since, I don't know, probably the age of about 15 or 16. And often we just try and forget about these things or just imagine that they don't happen or that they're not real. But they are 100% real and they're always there until we become aware that they are there and then we can let them go. And I think coaches are so, so amazing purely for that reason, because your friends, your family and your loved ones will not ask you the hard questions that you actually have to think about because it's painful for them too, right? Yeah, that's exactly it. And uh, I've actually just finished um, a coaching course um, and I think that is exactly it. Like all the questions that she asked me and all everything like you know when she pushed me forward Mm -hmm. um it was just I even told her I think I could read 10,000 like you know you can read so many books and you can reach that conclusion but it's not the same thing Mm -hmm. um so in in that respect like even if I didn't have like a professional mentor um I had a coach that I've been working with for like almost a year now um in terms of a life coach so not professionally uh, um and, and it's been amazing and I think that's exactly it what you were saying like the way you know, they just ask something from the outside that would make you realize some things. Even if, you, yeah, as you said, you thought you'd be aware of them by now. Yeah, um, yeah it's always really useful. It certainly is. Um, cool. So, I mean, tell me, if has there ever been, or maybe recently within your coaching, um, have you had any sort of like transformations or breakthroughs that have helped you along your journey? Um, yeah, definitely. I think uh, one major one was last year um, when I, as I said, like I quite, I consider myself a very independent person. I'm very ambitious, very hardworking. Like I love, you know, I love working. So I work in fields where I really like what I do. Um, but a lot of the times I feel like, like I wanted to have my own project. And I had, as I said, I had a blog. A while and then last year I kind of felt like you know having a blog was great but I would really want to have something that I, I that can actually help people I can actually have a purpose not just you know showing my outfits but kind of like something that people could learn from mm-hmm. um so this is why where my idea came like my coaching business and that's when I actually started working with a coach um myself and it was just so interesting because, you know, you think all these things. I'm like, I'm ambitious. I am, you know, I really want to have a business. I want all this and that. But then there's so many of your own limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that kind of stop you from doing it. <laughs> and for me, it was just amazing to think, like, I would just either be too hard on myself, like have 10 goals instead of one, and then feel like, oh, I haven't accomplished them, so that's not great. Or feel like an imposter syndrome, like for a lot of time I put off, you know, my coaching business because I was I didn't feel like I was necessarily who a coach should be like um 
so yeah, I think, you know, getting rid of those limiting beliefs helps you understand that, you know, you've had it all along. You just had to believe it yourself before you could tell it to the world. Yeah, I agree 100%. Those limiting beliefs are little creepy things that hang around, aren't they? <laughs> We've got to work exactly. through them at some point to, to move on. Um, awesome. So one of my favorite questions that I love asking my guests on the podcast is what's one of the scariest things that you've ever done? Um, I think to this day, even if I didn't necessarily realize it at the time, I think one of the scariest things I've done was moving to a completely different country without knowing, you know, anyone in the city or knowing what's to come. Um, I think, like, I found myself, you know, three years later working for the university and kind of, like, onboarding new students. <laughs> and that's when I was like, oh, my God, I didn't ask that many questions, like, as many as they did. How did I just <laughs> courage to come on here without knowing all these things? Why didn't I ask? Um, so, yeah, I think at the time, I didn't realize it. Like, everyone around me was like, oh, my God, you're so brave. This is such a, like, tough decision. And if you look at pictures of me then... I look terrified. Like, <laughs> put a picture of me then next to a picture of me now. Aww. Like, this is how you can see a confidence glow up. But I didn't I didn't necessarily, you know, say it out loud, maybe because I was still in my faking face. But it was, like, looking back, I'm like, wow, like, you were really brave to do that and mm. kind of, like, you know, completely immerse yourself into a new culture. Yep, certainly pretty scary. Even just traveling on your own, even if you're not going to university, I guess it's, in a sense, you kind of have some expectation of what's going to be going on. And, and you're all, everyone who goes to uni, unless you go to uni with friends, then you're all kind of in the same boat, aren't you? Even if you are from a different mm-hmm. country. So that probably helped um, a little bit. But yeah, certainly, definitely a scary thing to do. Um <laughs> So what's one of your best bits of advice that you could give our listeners today? I think what I always say is be your own best friend. Before you expect others to be your friends, before like, you know, just hope um, that someone will be there for you, be there for you before all that. Um, Because I think, you know, we may have amazing friends. Like I said, like I have great friends. Um, but friends have come into your life at some point. Some might leave your life at some point. But you're the only one that has been with yourself throughout everything. Your ups, your downs, you know, your breakthroughs, your uh, all, all your life experiences. And I think, you know, no one else knows you better. So, like, allow yourself to, to know yourself and to be aware of who you are and become your best friend. Be your, your biggest supporter. Yep. Such a such an important thing again just to realize I even had a conversation with someone this morning and a friend of mine who I've I've had as a good friend for a couple of years and through those couple of years it's been very much like like I'm telling her you know how much how much how amazing she is and how much I love her and she's just never been able to accept the love for herself and you can see it manifesting in her life and I see it every day uh, with so many people, so many more people than I would have ever imagined if I had a look at this maybe like five, ten years ago. But when you start to really understand what goes on in people's minds and, and how that's coming about in their life, you realise how much we lack 
loving of ourselves. And I, I'm no angel here either. I very much have moments, you know, where I'm like, you know, the, the devil comes and speaks to me on my shoulder and tells me all the nasty things. And, you know, it's, sometimes it's quite difficult not to listen to it. But I think it's if we could just start our days with learning to love ourselves or be really stoked with something that we bring to this life, we'd all be a little bit happier inside. And yeah, there's so many things that we can do to increase that self-love. But I often don't think that many of us work towards it or work in it whatsoever. And it's a really, really important thing to to bring up and, and great advice for our listeners as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think, as you said, like it's something that's very overlooked. Like we would, we would much uh, faster jump to help a friend than we would to kind of be there for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from self-talk, which again is completely overlooked a lot of the times. Like we don't realize the way we speak to ourselves and the effect it can have on mm-hmm. our lives and the way we perceive ourselves and our our lives so yeah definitely I think we should start our day with that maybe start our day with like three affirmations telling ourselves ourselves three great things like you know I love you you're amazing you'll be great and then start the day (laughs) yeah and not and not only just that but also you you know when you mentioned having your your armor on as a child and so many of us are brought up in this western world to believe that we should keep all our problems to ourselves and that we shouldn't share anything with other people and that we should put a happy face on whatever's going on in our life when it's when you when you look at different cultures and different worlds you know that's not necessarily a thing and people are very open with their vulnerability and very open with their emotions and what is happening so that people can actually help them and that doesn't sort of like get ingrained in their in their body and their soul to recreate in another 20 40 50 years and I think you know the more we can love ourselves the more we can be open to sharing that love and the more we can be open to listening to other people as well to show them that we love them too exactly well thank you so much for jumping on with us today Diana it's been really lovely and wonderful to hear what you've created for yourself um, and your story in general and you know always knowing that you've got your support partner there with you so I'm super excited to to see how your next few years go um, and you setting up your own coaching and and doing that a bit more as well um, and I'd love to have you on again one time so we can see your progress too yeah definitely thank you so much this has been a, a great conversation <laughs> you're most welcome If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.